Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Take Cast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. And this episode of the podcast, I was joined by none other than uh, the, the godfather of our industry, Matthew Berry from ESPN.com. Uh, just recently passed over a million Twitter followers. Feel very lucky to have gotten him on the show. We talked about uh, a lot of things from Matthew's career, his beginning working in television, uh, his experience being in Avengers Endgame, some of the guys that he likes and dislikes for fantasy in 2019, some of the craziest stories that he's heard uh, about fantasy, uh, his his occurrence meeting Jay-Z and Jay-Z's buddies, a lot of very interesting stories in this episode. Of course, we are sponsored by rotoexperts.com. Uh, the NFL 365 package is the best fantasy football package available out there on the internet. Uh, you can get 10% off of the 39 99 package using the promo code MATIC, M-A-T-T-E-K. And of course, you can always leave a rating and review on the show on iTunes. That is always appreciated. And for bonus episodes and more content and to support the show, you can subscribe to the show on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash TakeCast. And now let's go ahead and get into the show. All right, everyone, extremely excited to bring in easily the biggest guest in, uh, in the, the history of the show, one Mr. Matthew Berry from ESPN.com. You, of course, know him from the 06010 podcast and many other fantasy ventures. Matthew, thank you so much for the time. My pleasure, Davis. Thanks for having me. So I do mostly want to talk to you about uh, about fantasy football and, and the world that we live in. But before we get into uh, any of that, I do actually want to talk a little bit about your time in uh, in TV and movies because that was that was before I found fantasy. That was actually also what I wanted to do. What is the favorite episode of TV that you were involved with? Because I'm actually extremely interested in pretty much all of the the behind the scenes work in uh, you know in Tinseltown. The favorite episode of TV that I've or, ever been involved in. Or it could be a movie. In. Could be a movie. Um, I mean, well, listen. The, the you know the obvious answer, obviously, is Avengers Endgame, right? I mean, you right. Know, that was uh, you know being involved with that. It was you know amazing. You know, once in a lifetime kind of uh, crazy. So, so for those who don't know, do you want to tell the story as to how that happened? Um, sure. I mean, I you know I, I wrote about this extensively. Uh, for my love hate, my preseason love hate column on ESPN.com. So if you just Google like Matthew Berry 2019 love hate, it'll come up. Or if you Google Matthew Berry Avengers, uh, a bunch of stuff will come up. But in essence, um, uh, through my brother, uh, who so Joe Russo is the director of the Avengers and is uh, directed like he directed the last two Avengers movies, directed Captain America: Winter Soldier and Civil War. Him and his brother Anthony, huge directors. And so, and Joe Russo is a huge fantasy football player. And so my brother, who works in Hollywood and uh, worked with Joe many years ago on a, on a short-lived sitcom when my brother was working for DreamWorks and, and Joe was just a TV director. So they ran into each other and um, got to talking. And long story short, uh, Jonathan introduced, my brother Jonathan introduced me to Joe. Joe and I became friends and, uh, you know, started playing fantasy together and uh, were in a league together and just, you know, became friends and then uh about two years ago he called with you know just an insane question which is hey man i've got a part that i think you're perfect for would you want to be in the movie and you're like obviously of course you know? and yeah. so so yeah so um like whatever like two and a half years ago i flew down to atlanta and i you know i filmed two two days worth of uh i did two days worth of shooting on avengers endgame and so i'm i'm in the final cut i'm in the movie it was an amazing experience working with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Hemsworth. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen uh, Avengers yet, but Robert Redford is in the scene as well. So it's just insane, right? I mean, I spent two days on set when that's the, the principal right. actors in the, in the scene are Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Robert Redford, and me. So just absolutely bananas. They couldn't have been nicer, more gracious. Uh, you know, and obviously it's just an incredible experience. 
scene came out well. And, of course, the movie, Davis, ended up making more money than any movie in the history of cinema Ever. worldwide. It's the highest-grossing movie of all time worldwide. And so it's the only movie I've ever been in. And so, honestly, like, on a per-movie basis, I am the highest-grossing actor of all time. Of all time. It's unquestioned. Of all time. Yeah. I've been in one movie. It's made the most money. Like, there's no one, you know, everyone else that's in the movie has been in multiple movies, bringing their average down. I'm one for one. Well, it means, that retire. means that means you yeah you have to retire. It means you can't yeah. uh, you know if you want to be a bit actor and you know if they if they reboot Die Hard or something or or any movie that you love if they ask you to be in it you have to you would have to weigh it pretty heavily because you I, you wouldn't want to bring the average down. Absolutely not. Got to stay there. So you know obviously that you know far and away was my favorite uh, thing that I've been involved with. I did an episode of the League that was a lot of fun. I'm in, uh, I'm in season three, episode three of The League, and um, really randomly, the episode of The League that I'm in, Brie Larson is in that episode as well. So, uh, so apparently whenever I act, Brie Larson is also in the project, because obviously she's Captain Marvel, so she's in Avengers Endgame, uh, but she also did a, a, a part on the episode of The League that I was in. Um, as a writer... Uh, it would probably have to be Married with Children. I wrote an episode of Married with Children a long time ago that was uh, really fun. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, if for, if anyone ever tells you that fantasy football can't get you places, they clearly don't know that everyone in the world loves fantasy football. It, it's actually amazing how many connections I've made just because there are people in the world who play in a fantasy football league and, like, don't really want to do the hard work, but they'd like to be able to be competitive, so they just need someone to pester with questions. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. I mean, it's, it's fantasy football has changed my life. You know, I've talked about it. I mean, it's, on some level, it, it saved my life, you know, because I was just, you know, I was in a career that I didn't like. I was massively depressed, and I just, um, you know, I, I, the only thing that made me happy was sort of fantasy football and, and working on these little sites. And um, it was, uh, and you know, fantasy football obviously brought me to ESPN. And if I don't get to, if I don't, if I don't have fantasy football, I don't get to ESPN. If I don't get to ESPN, I don't meet my wife. I don't have my family, um, and obviously there's just been so many amazing experiences that I've been able to have, like Avengers, like the League, um, like you know, uh, a couple of years ago it ended up not going, but you know I wrote a book. You know they're not going to let me write a book if I'm not at ESPN. So um, and that was a great experience. And in fact, a couple of years ago, Fox, the the Fox Broadcasting Company, bought my book Fantasy Life. And they turned it into a TV pilot. And so, you know, I spent like, I don't know, a couple of weeks out in L.A. And, we, you know, we were casting it and we were all writing it together. And then we shot it uh, on a soundstage. And it ended up not getting picked up, unfortunately. Fox only picked up like three sitcoms that year. And we were just, we were on the cutting room floor. But that experience was amazing. Like, just had an absolute blast. And like, you know, I mean, so like Kevin Connolly, who played, you know, E. Entourage, he was playing me. Um, you know, and like Jamie Lynn Sigler's in the in it, uh, Christopher McDonald, Shooter McGavin, Vanessa Williams. Like it was this amazing cast, um, and it was you know just fun to be able to hang out with them all week on set. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, just it's been a it's been an amazing ride. Speaking of speaking of Fox, has have you ever been approached to be on an episode of The Simpsons? I'm surprised. Homer Simpson joins a fantasy league with Matthew Barry has not been a plot line over 32 uh, seasons of the show. You'd think, and what's weird is, is that, so Matt Selman, who's the executive producer mm -hmm. of The Simpsons, is a friend of mine, and he plays fantasy football, and occasionally we email about fantasy football. He has told me that um, there is a fantasy football, or there was, I don't I, I, you know, I'll be honest. I haven't watched The Simpsons in a while. It's, uh, it, um, the the writers but, uh, are different now, and they they bring in more freelance scripts than ever. Yeah, and so I think there was at some point a fantasy football episode uh, in the pipeline, and I don't know if it's I, I assume it's not aired because I think I would have seen it, but or heard about it. But um, I think there is, and I remember saying to Matt, I'm like, well, listen, dude, if you need a guest voice, holler at your boy, you know. So. We'll see if that actually happens. But, yeah, you'd think at some point they'd run out of episodes, uh, episode ideas, and eventually Homer would have joined a fantasy league or something like that. 
So I've uh, I've listened to the 06010 for years. I I've listened to that podcast for so long. I was still there when you were doing fantasy baseball, but I don't actually know wow. the answer to this question. What is the first fantasy league you played in, and what is the favorite league you play in now? So the first fantasy league I ever played in was one of the first 50 fantasy baseball leagues ever. Just another way of saying I'm old. So when I was 14 years old and living in College Station, Texas, uh, I read the original Rotisserie League baseball book, the very first version of that that came out in 1983. Uh, it came out like in the winter of 83. So the first leagues based on that book was spring of 84. And so I have since, again, thanks to ESPN over the years, I've, I, I got to meet Dan Okrent. I got to meet um, the late, great Glenn Wagner. And, um, and so, uh, you know, the people that created fantasy baseball, and they told me that they remembered the league because back then there weren't obviously that many leagues. And so right. there was like a, they did a, they did a commissioner service where they would fax you your standings. And so anyway, I was in one of the first 50 fantasy baseball leagues in America. There were about 50 leagues that first year in 84. And, uh, so that league was in college station, Texas. And I played in it for 33 years, 33 years. I was in that league. I ended up having to leave that league uh, last year, just in terms of flying back for the draft, it was just too tough. It just, um, uh, in terms of life, you know, with a bunch of kids. And so unfortunately I had to leave that league, but, uh, so that was my very first league, uh, 33 years, pretty good run. I'm still in a league with a bunch of guys that I went to college with my very first fantasy football league. And that was 1990. So that's been going on. I'm sitting here doing math, so this will be like year 29, I guess, of that, um, of that league. So, um, in terms of my favorite league that I'm in, uh, you know, that's a good question. It varies. Um, you know, the uh, the War Room League here at ESPN is certainly very competitive. Um, so, you know, that's an interesting league. Uh, it, it's one that I, I want to win the most because it's like, you know, you're competing against like Schefter and Mort and you know and Lou Riddick and yeah, but Schefter, you know, that... Schefter loves to take the early quarterbacks though. I saw he took Mahomes first overall during the fantasy marathon. Yeah, I mean, I think he, it was a you know it was a he was trying to do, do something different. The fantasy marathon, so it was a six round draft where you only you could you had to leave with a starting lineup. So in essence, you know there were there were only going to be ten quarterbacks taken, you know, twenty running backs, twenty wide receivers. It was a 10-team league, and I think his thought was, you know, in a weird format like that, because it's such a shallow league, there's going to be good running backs and wide receivers. Why not take the best quarterback in fantasy? It's not what I would have done, but I understood the thinking. Um, but, no, I mean, literally, like, I once lost in a playoff game. Is this the, is this the Alfred like, Morris story? No, it's a different story, um, uh, although it also involves Kyle Shanahan. So, no, I mean, Kyle – so – the year that um, Kyle was a coordinator of the Falcons and that Devontae Freeman had his big year, uh, I was playing Schefter in the semis that year, and all of a sudden I wake up Sunday morning and I realize he's changed his lineup and he's starting Tevin Coleman as his flex. And I'm like, Tevin Coleman? Why? And I saw Schefter that morning. I said, why are you playing Tevin Coleman? I forget who he had, but he had a better option. And he said, Kyle told me to said, huh. And so that game, they played against the Rams, where the, and the, a year that the Rams were awful. It was a Jeff Fisher year. And Tevin Coleman gets two gimme. They, they score like 45 points or something insane. Right. And Tevin Coleman gets two gimme five-yard touchdowns. Like, just, you know, they, like right at the goal line, they gave it to him. He scores two touchdowns. I want to say Tevin Coleman scored something like four touchdowns that entire year, three touchdowns that entire year, and two came against me. Like, how do you beat that? Like, literally, I mean, Kyle Shanahan said, you should start Tevin tomorrow. What am I supposed to do? I don't, so it's I don't just, think it's you a can fascinating... beat someone, yeah, who has the info, who knows beforehand. Yeah, no, I remember one time, so Trent Dilfer is no longer in the league, but this is just to give you an idea of what you're dealing with here. You know, because Lou Riddick, Rex Ryan, Shefty, Mort, um, you know, uh, Field Yates is in the league, right? So it's it's all these people that have tons of phone numbers of general managers, of players, of of agents, of head coaches, of, of assistants. And so I remember one time 
Trent Dilfer, same thing, obviously. And I remember one time Trent and I were talking about a deal. We had a trade worked out. And he said, yeah, yeah, call me this afternoon and we'll, we'll finalize it. And so I called him that afternoon and I said, hey, man, we're going to do this deal. He's like, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm like, what's the problem? He's like, because I, I was trading him a wide receiver for a running back. Mm-hmm. I said, what's the problem? I thought we had a deal. He goes, ah, I texted his quarterback. He don't like him. I mean, like, <laughs> that's what you're dealing with here. Like, I'm like, he was able to text a starting NFL quarterback and said, what do you think of this guy? And the guy was like, actually, I don't really like him. So he backed out of the deal. He didn't want to trade for the wide receiver, which, you know, like, who gets, you know, Matt and Tim Hasselbecker in the league? Like, it's, right. so anyway, it's, um, it's a very challenging, very, very challenging league, and it's, it's also 16 teams, so it goes deep. Um, but in terms of my favorite football league that I play in, you know, I play in one with my kids. You know, obviously that's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a simple league. Um, I'm also in a league that I really enjoy, which is I always love doing the Scott Fish Bowl. That's always a lot of fun. Right. But um, I'm actually in a, uh, I was going to say, I don't know what I'm explaining to you. You're in the league. So the, our, that DFB, so Scott Barrett, our mutual friend Scott Barrett, invited myself and you, Davis, and a bunch of other people that I really respect in the fantasy industry into a 12-team Superflex dynasty startup this year. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's, uh, it's Evan Silva and Rich Rebar and Graham Barfield and Scott Barrett and uh, 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 Jeff Collins uh, at Jeff L. Hefe, who I'm doing rotopassdaily.com with. Um, obviously, tremendous respect for Jeff. I think he's the best DFS player in the world. Um, you know, uh, the Siege. Uh, so there's like a lot of people in there that I really respect, and it's a really good, uh, you know, Bob Harris is a legend. Uh, and so uh, I've really enjoyed that league. We just did it this year, and I've really enjoyed that league so far. It's, uh, that is, I, I, well, that's not the league that I would want to win the most because the financial uh, reward is not as great as some of the other ones. But in terms of, like, the, the league I think that would be the hardest to win, I think that probably is the one. I mean, everyone in that league is, is extremely good at fantasy. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's I, a, it's an intense league, and we have a, we, uh, I don't think I'm speaking out of school by saying this. We have a, uh, we have a, we have a private league chat. Mm-hmm. We have a group chat going on with all the people in the league, and so all, everything that we say in the league chat is off the record, but I'll just I'll merely say that I really enjoy that, and so it's been fun to, you know, uh, talk with everyone, and we've, uh, we've really, we've had some, we've had some very funny discussions. I'll just we leave have. with that. Yeah, and, uh, you yeah. know, we've had, we've had some good conversations on player value and stuff in yep. there. Uh, to, Tony Pollard has been a, a frequent topic, Curtis Samuel, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, but, no, that is, I, I get, uh, I get a lot of, um, a lot of insight and a lot of enjoyment out of that chat. But while we while we are talking yep. about uh, Jeff Collins and Rotopass Daily, I do I do I want to get your thoughts on how DFS has changed the fantasy world because you you've seen all of it, right? You you've seen it from yep. uh, from when you used to have to get your results from the USA Today. So what are what are your thoughts on how DFS has changed the world of fantasy sports? Well, you know what it has and it hasn't, which is which is weird to say. So. The ways it has changed, obviously, is it's brought it's brought money into you know much more to the forefront than it was before. I think it has really increased sort of the the level of analysis um, that goes into player evaluation because it's another level. Because for DFS analysis, it's not just only about how is the player going to do because that's what it is for season long, right? We're trying to project how we think that player will do this weekend. But with DFS, it's, it's not only how will this player uh, do this weekend, but how does his, you know, if you're entering a tournament, how does his potential ownership, you know, do we think he's going to be highly owned? Do we think he's going to be low owned? And, and is, he, uh, is that player worth the price it will cost you in a salary cap format? Right? And so, you know, it can be one of those things where we all know Patrick Mahomes is going to have a huge game. That's not hard. But the hard part is, is, is Patrick Mahomes worth it at 9,900 versus Aaron Rodgers at 7,700 or something like that, you know, just making up numbers. Um, and so those are the, so there's a much deeper level of analysis, I think, uh, and, and sort of data mining that has gone into DFS. And so that's brought some, uh, 
it's brought some different people to the forefront. It's brought some different, you know, um, uh, tools and tricks, if you will, in terms of how to analyze players and uh, uh, different systems for forecasting that have been very um, interesting and helpful. It's also, I think, you know, brought some people to the forefront that are very smart fantasy football minds that may not have gotten an opportunity, right? You know, I'm very mm-hmm. lucky, right? I'm on, I'm on ESPN, and I have, you know, the worldwide leaders in sports, the worldwide leader in sports promoting me and, you know, getting my word out. But, you know, for a lot of people that are like, for somebody like, you know, Jeff El Jefe, right, you know, the way he's gotten his word out is because, like, people keep seeing him at the top of leaderboards. Right, and so there's a number of people that have sort of made their bones, if you will, uh, just you know performing well in DFS contests. And I would say that's the case also, by the way, for high stakes leagues as well. Yeah. Like, you know, high stakes season long leagues. And so I think those are all the things that have um, brought uh, that have changed the fantasy industry in terms of what DFS has done. The other piece of those is, is I don't think it's changed. You know, I get this question asked about sports gambling as well, where people are like. Oh, like be are you worried question? now that sports gambling? Yeah, so I mean, people are like, "Oh, is sports gambling now that sports gambling is legal? Are you worried about your job? Are you worried about fantasy football?" And I think that was the same thing, like in 2015, when sort of DraftKings and FanDuel exploded. People, same thing, like, oh, "Are you worried about season-long fantasy football?" I'm like, DFS is slightly different because it's sort of a new game that was invented. But I'm always less like, "Yeah, your question basically has the premise that no one has gambled on sports up until now." Right. right, I mean, like, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, like, people have been gambling for years, have they, they've done it illegally, they've done it offshore, they've done it with their local bookie, but it's, you know, they've done it legally in some places like Nevada, but it's a, um, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar business, and obviously fantasy football is still insanely popular. And the same thing I would say with DFS, and so, you know, people would, when there was the whole debate about game of skill, and, um you know, game of skill. And one of the arguments I would make is I would say, like, honestly, I think pouring over numbers and crunching, crunching numbers and salary numbers and, and picking nine different players to fit in under a $50,000 salary cap or $60,000 salary cap, depending on where you play, whatever, right? That's a much different process than saying, you know, give me the Patriots and the points. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, just you know, and I'm not saying anal- and I, I I don't mean to dismiss the analysis that goes into give me the Patriots and the points. Right. You still have to crunch a lot of numbers, uh, you know, and 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 realize that's a gr- that's a good bet, etc. And how much you want to bet, like work goes into that as well. But it's just a very different experience, Davis. And so I would say the same thing. The same thing of me, like you know, for the people that play DFS at a high volume that enter 150 you know entries into a you know into a millionaire maker or you know, sit there and, you know, enter, you know, a, a thousand different, you know, cash games or what have you, and that use, use kind of the, some of the tools that we have, we have available at rotopassdaily.com. I'll get in a plug. Um, that's a very different experience than, hey, Davis, let's me and you and our eight other buddies go to the bar and drink all day, and we're going to draft, and then we're going to think about who we're going to start and sit, and we're going to talk about trades all season long, and we're going to get together on Sundays and watch the games and just, you know, bust each other's chops all day. Like, that's a much different experience, and I'm not saying it's better or it's worse, but it's, it, the advent of DFS doesn't change that experience and that experience of yeah, hanging it, out it with appeals, your buddies. Yeah, it appeals to two different parts of the human experience. DFS is like it's a, it's like a, a zero-sum game with like a fixed goal, but there are a lot of ways to enjoy fantasy football even if you're not like the league champion. Correct, correct. And so there's a... There's a social aspect to whether you whether you're playing with your buddies or your family or you know friends from college or coworkers, whatever. There's a social experience to season-long fantasy football that is not duplicated in DFS, where it's much more results-oriented. And obviously, season-long, you want to win. It's more fun when you win. But you're not. That's not what the. I don't think that's the driving force of why you join a season-long fantasy league. Some people want to win money, and and there's a competitive spirit to it, of course. But you know. To me, season-long fantasy football, first and foremost, is just fun. It's right. a hobby. Yeah, there there are a lot of different ways to profit off of it, or you know, I mean, I you know play in leagues for more money. But like, like I'm in a I'm in the most leagues I've ever played this year. But the league I'm looking forward to the most, and the league I want to win the most, is the league with my high school buddies that we've done for 15 years now that I've never right. won. That would be the one I would want to win <laughs> the most. 
Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. So it, it goes to, uh, it, and it's not to say that DFS isn't fun, because DFS is a ton of fun as well. But again, it's just different experiences. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. It, it is. It is much different. So uh, while we're while we're talking about these experiences, you uh, you wrote a book, Fantasy Life, on sale now, and the the Fantasy Life app is out there. But also, you you told this really funny and human story about Jay Z on the on the, this recent episode of the BS Report, and uh, basically the the sum of that story was, you know, even Jay Z, you know, billionaire who has won oh, everything yeah. he's ever done. Even he can't make something happen in fantasy football. So while we, uh, you know, just kind of thinking about the experiences of fantasy football, what is one of the most outrageous or just cool, like the Jay Z story involving fantasy that you've been involved with or have been have heard secondhand? Uh, whew, that's a good question. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I wrote it's an a big entire question. book about it, so that's kind of right. an open-ended question. Uh, I guess here's my question: I would def- define a. Can you narrow the question down a little bit for me? Like, are you looking for just an, uh, you know, like an well, let's go, let's go story? Your, or... Let's go your favorite, your, whatever your favorite uh, league story was from the book. Well, my favorite story, my favorite fantasy story of all time is this. That I'll, I'll tell you this. I've written about it in the book, and whenever I do, uh, whenever I, I speak in public, I usually tell this story. But it is, um, it's Matt Hasselbeck. So, right, so, you know, Matt Hasselbeck, my colleague here at ESPN, former pro quarterback for a number of years, and, uh, he's played fantasy for quite some time, and in 2009, when he was the starting quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, he was uh, he was also in a fantasy league. And so that year, Matt Hasselbeck drafted as his fantasy quarterbacks himself and his former real life NFL teammate Brett Favre. Remember, Hasselbeck had backed up Favre in Green Bay. Right. Brett that year, 2009, was his first year in Minnesota, which I think probably your listeners remember. He was a great fantasy quarterback that first year in Minnesota. It was a, kind of his last great year as a fantasy quarterback, Brett Favre. So in week five of the 2009 season, Matt Hasselbeck had a decision. Brett Favre was playing the Rams, and at the time, the Rams were one of the worst teams in football, including one of the worst defenses. Meanwhile, Matt Hasselbeck had missed the previous two games of the lower back injury. He was coming back in week five to play the Jaguars, who had a decent defense and had won two straight coming into that game. And so, in week five of the 2009 season, Matt Hasselbeck decided to bench himself and start Brett Favre. I will save your readers, uh, your listeners, I should say, the trouble of looking it up. In week five of the 2009 season, Vikings got up big on the Rams. Adrian Peterson had a huge day. Brett Favre threw just one touchdown pass. He also threw a pick. He finished as, I believe, the 18th best quarterback in fantasy that week. Meanwhile, Matt Hasselbeck absolutely killed the Jaguars, threw for 250 yards, four touchdowns, was the number one player in fantasy that week, sitting on his own bench. And so I always tell the story because I love to, you know, as we, and this is a perfect story for right now because we're heading into the season, so anyone listening to this should just remember the story of Matt Hasselbeck because think about it, right? Even Matt he Hasselbeck, didn't know. Right, I mean, he, he, he had the play, I mean, he knew the game plan. He mm-hmm. had watched all the film. He could audible at any time. He literally is touching the football on every offensive play. Matt Hasselbeck Davis, Matt Hasselbeck had as much control over an NFL game as any fantasy player ever in the history of the sport. And he still got it wrong. So... If Matt Hasselbeck, with all that, can't get it right, what hope do any of us have? It's it really is like the, there is not a better fantasy football story than that. That I I would say that is if I if any if anyone would ever ask me what the fantasy story is, it has to be that one. <laughs> he and he loves telling it, and it's uh, so it's my favorite. And you know, Matt's given me permission to to write about it. It's in the book, and I've written about it before, and uh, and I've I've spoken about it before. So um, yeah, you know it. He's uh, so that's that's probably my favorite fantasy story. But I have a million of them. I mean, so like if you just ask me like a category, like if you want like celebrity stories or if you want punishment stories or trophy stories or whatever. Oh, I bet know, draft the, the people the people want a celebrity story. They definitely do. Uh, okay, so I mean the Jay Z story that I told you is. I mean, I'll just I'll tell you the um, uh, the the so. 
that's a that's a pretty good one. Which is uh, yeah. I'm just trying to think of all sort of my. Um, I wasn't going to tell the one that I told on the BS report, but uh, I'll just tell a different one. Which is so like eight years ago, literally eight years ago. I get a call from a guy. His name's uh, uh, Mike, and uh, he's a mutual friend. And so uh, we have a mutual friend. And so I get this call from Mike. He's like, "Hey, Matthew, man. Like, um, um, my name's Mike Kaiser. I'm a big fan." Uh, just want to talk to you. We're having our league is having its draft in New York, August 28th. Uh, we'd love for you to come by, hang out, you know, we'll buy you some drinks, and uh, just be fun. Be really fun. You can, you know, grade our drafts and stuff, and just hang out. And I'm like, yeah, listen, I, you know, Mike, I, I'm flattered. Thank you for being a fan, and I appreciate the the invitation. But August is literally my busiest month uh, of the year. New York is two and a half hours away from where I live. Um, and I just, I just don't do that. I just don't go to random people's drafts and hang out like I just, I would do if I did. I just, I do nothing else. You know, I just, it's just too much time. So I, thank you so much. I apologize, but I'm gonna have to turn you down. He goes, well, it's for Jay Z's league. What time do you need me? Right? I mean, you know, right? You know, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, all right, that's yeah. that cha- that should have led with that. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so I go there, and apparently they hadn't told Jay that I was going there. And so I walk in, and I don't know anyone that I – literally, I've told you all the information I know at this time, that it is, quote, Jay-Z's league. Like, mm-hmm. who knew Jay-Z played fantasy football, right? So, um, so and again, especially eight years ago. And uh, anyway, so I walk in to uh, – it was at the 4040 Club in New York City. So I walk in, and immediately uh, – so people recognize me, and immediately Irv Gotti – who at the time I knew the name Irv Gotti, but I didn't know what he looked like. I, I wouldn't have recognized him, right? right? So Irv Gotti, and for people who don't know Irv Gotti, like founder of Murder Inc., like you know, legendary, legendary guy in the in the uh, in the rap and hip hop world, and so um, you know, founder of Murder Inc., Irv Gotti, and Irv Gotti stands up and yells and looks right at Jay because he assumes I'm there for Jay, uh, for Jay Z, and he, he goes, "Hell no, hell no, Jay." No way. He starts cursing. I won't curse here, but he starts cursing. He's like, hell no. Like, F you, Jay. No, you don't bring Jordan to a pickup game. You don't bring Jordan to a pickup game. What are you doing? <laughs> F you, Jay. F you. You know, and like, he's just going off, right? And so all of a sudden, like, Jay gets up and he's just like, you know, F you, Irv. Shut the hell up. You sit back down. Barry, you're over here. Sit next to me. You're over here. And Irv's like, Barry, don't you dare. You stay in the middle. You're not helping anyone. You know, and, and Jay's like, no, 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 you're over here. Come over here. Screw you, Herb. And they're like, F you, F you back, and just anything like that. And so they're going back and forth, and um, and eventually, like, I'm just like, yeah, F you, Herb. And, like, <laughs> and like the room just goes silent, right? Just, you know, like, completely silent. Like, I've been there for ten minutes, right? right. But, you know, Jay's, like, fighting for me, and so I, like, feel, I'm feeling good about myself, and so, like, I just stand up, yeah, F you, Irv, and the whole room goes silent. Now, again, if I had known at the time that that's Irv Gotti of Murder, Inc., I'm not speaking like that to him. Right. But I, for all I know, he's this, he's this loudmouth guy, Irv. He's just a guy. You know, I don't recognize him. And so the whole room just goes silent, and I'm just like, oh, crap, what have I done? You know what I mean? So it was like, literally like you could hear a pin drop for a second, and then all of a sudden Irv's like, Ah, all right, Barry, you are right, you are right, you know what I mean? And just like, like, and came over and gave me a hug, and like, you know, and then everyone was laughing, and like, suddenly, like, I was sort of in. Um, so it was just, you know, in, in that league, it's like sort of these titans of, uh, titans of industry, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so, who, in terms of who's in the league, and I posted some stuff, if anyone wants to check it out, if you want to go to at uh, MatthewBarryTMR on Twitter or Instagram. I, I posted some behind-the-scenes uh, photos from this some year's great, draft. Some great beignet photos on Instagram. Yes, there's also some great beignet photos on my gram. But there's, um, uh, yeah, but there's just some behind-the-scenes footage from, um, from Jay-Z's draft this year. But um, Irv Gotti's in it. Rich Kleinman, who is uh, the business partner and agent for Kevin Durant. Um, Juan Perez, who runs Rock Nation Sports. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see who uh, Jesse Itzler, who's a co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks. He's in the league. Chris Paul, um, obviously the NBA All Star. He's in the league. Um, let's see uh, Steve Stout, 
who runs a company called uh, Translation, and he runs United Masters. He's a legend in the hip-hop world. Um, uh, let's see who else is uh, in the league. And so, anyway, Kevin Lyles, and uh, you'll, anyway, just all a bunch of, like, you know, just insanely powerful, rich people, and they're all, you know, they're all friends. They've been friends for life. Mike Kaiser is the president of Atlantic Records who invited me, and he's in the league. And so, um, anyway, so... It's a 12-team PPR league, and the other interesting thing of it is, and they've been together for 13 years, and I've gone to the draft for the last eight, and uh, so it's great, and it's always a great time, and all they do is just bust each other's uh, you know, balls the whole time. Uh, it's just great trash talk. As you can imagine, Jay is just you know, unbelievable at the trash talk, and uh, the, the only interesting other part of that is, is like, so I go you know, uh, at the, that very first time, like, I go and sit down next to Jay-Z, right? Like, he said, hey, sit here. Um, and he, honestly, he didn't even need my help. He, like, he's, he comes very prepared. He's got cheat sheets. He's done mock drafts. Like, you'd be amazed. Like, he is like... I, he I is, am amazed by this revelation. No, he is, like, he, he's, he's unbelievable. But I think he just more wanted to, like, kind of mess with Irv as if I was next to him and everything like that. Um, so, anyway. Uh, but, anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what do I call him? Right, I, you know what I mean? Like, because it's not like you get introduced to it's like Matthew Berry. This is Jay Z. Jay Z. Matthew. Like, right, you know right. who he is, right? I mean, yeah. he's 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 globally famous. He's as he's as close to royalty as we have in America, and so you know who he is. So, like, it's, I never get introduced to him. I don't know what to call him. Do, I mean, do I call him Jay? Do I call him Jay Z? Do I call him Mister Z? Do I call him Mister Carter? You know what I mean? Do I call him Hove? Like, what what do I call him? Like, I don't know how to refer to him, right? You know, I don't know like. You know, you know how familiar I should be with him, and so like I'm just sitting there sweating this, sitting next to him, thinking like, what do I call him? And then finally, eventually, like I don't know, we were three hours into the draft. Eventually, like I sort of work up the courage, and I just said like, and I just said something like, um, and I noticed that most people in the room either call him Jay or Hove, and so I just sort of said something like, uh, um, hey, Jay, there's a there's a, I just pointed at the sheet that I really like that wide receiver. You know, he's just like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? So, like, he didn't look at me weird when I called him Jay. So I sort of test ballooned that one out. I sort of floated that one out. So, anyway, I just think that's sort of like, you don't think of that, but like, as I'm sitting. But next yeah, to him, like, you'd what come up and him? you'd have no idea. Yeah, you you'd walk right, up I mean, to like, him. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you just don't know. Like, I mean, he could look at me like, no, you know, call me. Right. Yeah. So, All right. Well, um, before before I take up uh, your whole morning, I do I do want to talk to you about some actual fantasy football before we <laughs> okay. go. So, 2019, fantasy ride or die, who is it officially? Uh, Josh Jacobs. Oakland Raiders rookie running back, Josh Jacobs. He's my ride or die. Look, I, I, just, I think the talent is there. Remember, in John Gruden's 12 years as a head coach, his number one running back has averaged 257 touches per season. You think about Cadillac Williams' rookie year under John Gruden, over 300 touches here. Even in a lost season, Raiders sixth in red zone uh, rush percentage last year. He's going to be a true three-down back. I think the volume is there. That I wish the offensive line was in a little bit better shape. Yes, it's it's taken some hits since I declared him my ride or die. But you know what? That's the point of being a ride or die. He is ride or die. So yeah, give me Josh Jacobs, who I think is a top ten running back this year. He's going much later than that in drafts. I'm I'm actually I'm all on board. I, he's my running back eleven in standard and PPR, and I think. He's got to be one of my five most drafted players, and the the, the release yeah. of Doug Martin pretty much locks up. I I don't know, two hundred and fifty touches minimum if he's healthy. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. You know, all due respect to Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington, it's right. going to be the Josh Jacobs show. Yeah, and they just uh, you know, and I I don't know, I don't think Derek Carr is like horrible. Like I guess that that's my main my main take is I think they'll probably be better on offense, and Jacobs is going to be you know seventy percent of the backfield work. Yes, I listen and just listen. Uh, Darren Waller's a big sleeper for me. Love love him. Been talking to him since the combine and and so um, before they released Jared Cook, uh, you know, and Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. Like the whole offense will be improved. The whole offense will be improved. And will the Raiders be a great team? No, but will they be a lot better than last year? Of course they will be. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you if you have a list ready, fine. If not, that's also cool. But uh, five of your favorite players to draft. Other. Than Jacobs in 2019, or maybe maybe five favorite ADPs. Um, okay, sure. So uh, Chris Carson is the first one that jumps to mind. 
I, I mean, he's, you know, listen, and, you know, different sites have different ADP. That's always something I always recommend is look at the ADP on wherever you're drafting. Right. Obviously, we hope you draft at ESPN.com. Um, uh, but wherever you draft, the ADP is widely different. And so I think there's some ways to exploit that ADP. Certainly on ESPN, I think he's going way too long. He's, he's going in the fifth round, Chris Carson. Right. And so I have him as a third, I have him as a third rounder. And I honestly, I think I might be too low. Again, Chris Carson, he's going to be the lead running back on a team that led the NFL in rush percentage last year that has no one else to throw to. You, you saw Brian Schottenheimer talk about how they want to use him more in the passing game. They hope he catches about 50 balls this year. Uh, Mike Davis left last year. There's almost 150 touches from last year that are available. So even if, even if Rashad Penny gets all those, remember last year Chris Carson averaged 17.6 carries per game last season on a per-game basis that was third most in the NFL. So there's a, there's a scenario, an easy path to see where Rashad Penny still gets an, a significant increase in work this year, and yet Chris Carson is still top five in terms of running back touches this year. And so just in terms of where he's going, you know, he's been productive when he's been healthy, and I think he'll be very healthy this year, especially behind one of the best offensive lines in football. You know, I'm, I think David Johnson... Oh yeah, I've seen Dave. I've seen Dave. I mean, I've been banging the drum for him so long, and and I mean, I'm not that I'm alone, and not that it's like oh, genius Barry. Wow, really, you picked out David Johnson. But when the when the preseason started, when draft started, started at the beginning of August, David Johnson was going in the middle of the second round on ESPN, and I've seen I've seen while you know some people on listen to Jay Z's draft, right? I mean, like, and those are all knowledgeable fantasy football players. It's a normal draft. It's not quote unquote experts, but it's all people that that have been playing fantasy for at least 13 years and that, you know, come prepared, that all have cheat sheets. And Jay-Z got David Johnson in the first round at pick 11. 12-team PPR league, he got it at pick 11. So, I mean, I, David Johnson to me is a top-four player this year. And I've seen him go in the second round. I've seen him go towards the end of the first round. So, David Johnson, I think David Johnson catches 100 balls this year. Yeah, that, no, that, offense, I, given how, that can happen. Given how bad that uh, that offensive line is, and just you know the way that system works in terms of getting the ball out quickly and letting pressure in and dumping it off, again Kingsbury in three of his last four seasons when he was a head coach at Texas Tech, his team was top 15 in the country in terms of running back reception. So David Johnson is someone that I really like a lot. I'll, I'll mention Vance McDonald. See, Vance McDonald's currently going, um, I think, way later. I think he's in the. He's, most people seem to have Jared Cook ahead of him. Um, I've seen people draft Ebron ahead of him. I think Jared Cook is right there in the same tier as Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard, Hunter Henry, and then Vance McDonald. I think those four are a tier. And I don't think – most people, I think, have Vance McDonald in the next tier. And I think he's right there with those guys. Over 200 targets available, uh, obviously, with Antonio Brown and Jesse James moving on. Roethlisberger last year, second highest yards per attempt when targeting the tight end position. And no quarterback has thrown more passes to the end zone over the last three years than Big Ben. So Vance McDonald, who super quietly was a top 10 fantasy tight end last year, I think is, is ready for a big, big season. I actually think he has the, the second most targets and receptions on the Steelers this year. After, wow. Um, o- over after Washington Don- and after Juju. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's going to be Vance McDonald's season. And if it's not, it's going to be close. You know? So in, in that scenario, do you have do you what, how how outlandish do you think the idea that Smith Schuster could be the top wide receiver in twenty nineteen? Not outlandish at all. Yeah, that's that's I mean, how I have it. Look, I mean, look, I have him at six, but they're all right there. I think you just want to leave a draft with one of those top seven guys, right? In some order, you want you want one of ideally Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas, uh, Juju or Tyreek Hill. I think you want one of those seven. That's yeah. the tier for me. Same and tier. So, um, right, and so, um, you know, Juju, look, it's all small sample size, but it's all we have to go on. Juju's played three career games without Antonio Brown. In those games, he averaged over 26 fantasy points per game, 26.1 to be exact, which last year would have been the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Like, it, you know, it's a team that passed the most in the NFL last year. You know, I don't see them changing that. Yes, not, would not shock me at all if Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one wide receiver in fantasy a year from now. So, um, let's see. Uh, other guys that I like at ADP. Um, 
No. Uh, I mean, Carson Wentz, uh, you know, I have him as my number five quarterback. He's going as, like, I've seen him go anywhere between quarterback seven and ten. Again, this is a guy that since the start of 2017 was the fifth-best quarterback in fantasy. You know, um, he scored over 18.5 fantasy points in 70% of his games since the start of 2017. You know, and just think that he'll have the best pass-catching core around him that he's ever had in his career. You know, I, I don't think people can uh, really appreciate what Deshaun Jackson will do in terms of stretching the field for that team. Uh, I love our Sega Whiteside. I wish I had him in our Dynasty League. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, I, I love him as a four, you know, wide receiver. So they've got Ertz and Goddard, you know, we're both going to have uh, big years this year. Then you've got, you know, obviously – Alshon and Djax and Aguilar and Arcega Whiteside is the four. You know, Miles Sanders out of the backfield gives them a dynamic that they haven't had before, I think, either. So, yeah, I think Carson Wentz, you know, for a fantasy-friendly pass-first offense behind one of the best offensive lines in football, Carson Wentz is going too low for me. Yeah. I think he's a top-five fantasy quarterback this year. Is what that five? Did I, get, did I do five? I think so. I, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't keeping count, but I think so. One, one last track. opinion. Where I mean, do you, I'll, say, where do you... I'll say Dante Moncrief. I'll also say, I think, okay. in terms of some later-round wide receivers, like Dante Moncrief I really like, Geronimo Allison. I know everyone's in on MVS. I sort of like Geronimo Allison, who, you know, last year, remember, first four weeks of 2018 before he got hurt, he was a top-30 fantasy wide receiver. You know, had over 64 yards in all four of those games. So uh, I think Geronimo Allison, who's going like his wide receiver 50, is really interesting. I mentioned Darren Waller earlier in this podcast. I absolutely love Darren Waller. Darius Geis is going, like, in the ninth round. I think that's crazy um, for a guy that uh, – might, might, might be a tough year for, uh, for your Washington professional football team. I think it's going to be a tough year for my Washington professional football team. But you know what? It was a tough year last year. And Adrian right. Peterson was still fifth in the NFL in rushing attempts. Yeah. He's a top 20 fantasy running back. You know, at whatever, he was 32 years old and off the street. I, you know, Darius Geis at his point in his career, you know, I mean – Guys catches passes, Peterson doesn't. That's the thing. I yeah. actually interviewed Jay Gruden at the NFL Combine and asked him about Geis, and the first thing, the first thing out of Gruden's mouth is about Geis was he's like, well, he doesn't have to come to the field. you love that. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you know, they didn't use him as a pass catcher at LSU, but he's a great pass catcher. We've been using him that way in practice, and uh, I think people are going to be surprised. But that, you know, that's one of the things that we really like is that he is, uh, you know, um, that he doesn't have to come off the field. So, again, I think Darius Geis is going to be used in the passing game a lot more than people think. All right. Matthew, thank you so much for the time. I, this, was, this, was, uh, uh, this was great. This was uh, one of the best episodes I think we've ever done. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Look, you know me. I'm a company man. So I just yeah, want get, to get a couple of plugs, plugs in here, David. Yes. Yeah, you will, do it. I mean, obviously, we'd love for you to subscribe to ESPN Plus, Peyton Spaces, Places there. It's absolutely great. The Fantasy Show with Matthew Barry on there. You know, lots of great content from Mike Clay. By the way, if you're sick of seeing ads when you watch video on ESPN.com, that's the other thing. If you're an ESPN Plus member, you don't have to watch any commercials. So there's just a lot of benefits. It's only five bucks a month. Come on. It's less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Uh, so it's like 17 cents a day or whatever it is. Um, and so, uh, so there's that. For those of you who are in season long leagues and need some help, rotopass.com is the ultimate fantasy football resource that I've collected what I believe to be the best premium season-long sites. You get a subscription to ESPN Plus if you get a Rotopass. Um, football Guys, RotoWire, RotoViz, Football Outsiders, Roster Watch. Um, you know, just a great collection of sites, dirt cheap. And anyone that uses the promo code DAVIS, D-A-V-I-S, wow. promo code DAVIS, you get 10% off at rotopass.com. Customized ranks, draft software, in-season tools to help you manage your team, who to pick up, who to trade, who to drop, who to, uh, who to grab on waivers, just everything you need and, like, 20 things more. Um, it's sort of like a Netflix of sports, you know, of fantasy football, if you will. So that's Rotopass. And then same con- con- uh, concept for rotopassdaily.com, Davis. Um, so I partner up, as I mentioned, with Jeff L. Hefe, Jeff Collins, who I think is the best DFS player in the world. And so you get access to basically everything he's used to win over $2 million in DFS in just the last year alone. So you get the lineup, uh, lineup tool from Roto-Grinders. You get number ball, including his projections, football outsiders, Roto-Wire, ESPN+. Plus. Like it's a great package. So go to rotopassdaily.com if you're a DFS player. And then finally, you're like, listen, Barry, I love all this, but I'm cheap. 
I don't have enough money. I don't want to pay for this stuff. I get it. I hear you. I got something free for you. And that's the Fantasy Life app. So the Fantasy Life app is 100% free. Just download it. It's a great community where you can, you know, post polls and memes and gifts and get, uh, you know, uh, wisdom of the crowds, feedback on your team, on trades. There's chat rooms. There's a compete tab. But the thing that the app does the best, Davis, is alerts. We are the, fir- we are the fastest alerts in the country. Like, no, if you just go, if you don't believe me, go to iTunes or the, go to the App Store, wherever you download apps, and look up Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life, or you can just go to fantasylifeapp.com and just read the reviews. Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of reviews. Almost 1,000 reviews, and we're at 4.8 stars. And just read them. They're all from verified users that are like, this app works. It is the fastest alerts. This is how I was able to get Nick Chubb in my league. This is how I was able to pick up Josh Gordon this year, because I got the alert faster than anyone in my league thanks to the Fantasy Life app. So, fantasylifeapp.com. And listen, it's a free app. Why wouldn't you download it? Just try it. Like, if you hate it, delete it. Whatever. It's a free app. Who cares? But I strongly suggest um, uh, doing this. No one no one knows how to give a plug like Matthew Berry. No, absolutely no huh. one. Matthew, thank you so much for the time. My pleasure, Davis. And uh, why won't you do my Zeke? Why don't you want you do my Melvin Gordon Zeke trade? I this really is a good don't trade like, for you. It is a good trade, but I really don't like Melvin Gordon. This is this literally stems back to his college career. Like I just I I the, the trade makes sense logically, but you just have the wrong trade partner. Apparently, just so everyone knows, in this dynasty league, in the DFB dynasty league that Davis and I are in, I offered him Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler for his Ezekiel Elliott, for Davis has Ezekiel Elliott, and like a wide receiver throw-in, a mid-tier wide receiver throw-in. Because I have Tony Pollard. So I'm trying to connect up the, um, the Cowboys running back, and I'm giving him the Chargers running back. So he'd have somebody to start, because got, you've got no one to start. You have weak running backs in that league. I love you, I do, but you have weak I do, running backs I do, in have, I do have Nick Chubb. I like Nick Chubb. I do like Nick Chubb. But it's a super flex league. No, it, it, it is true. Hunt. My my running back situation is not uh, it's not ideal in this league. Yes. So I thought it was a good trade for you because I thought, hey, even when Gordon comes back, Eckler is still a viable flex guy. Well, let you me, would let agree me with let's that, just, right? Let's just look at your roster real quick. Let me see. Let sure. me, there might be there might be Go someone ahead. that I like more than Melvin Gordon on this roster. All right, man. If you had if you had. Uh, let me tell you this: If you had Smith Schuster on your roster, this would be this would be a done deal. Who was your first round? I guess was Melvin your first round pick? No, Patrick Mahomes was. So that's Super right. Flex Dynasty yes. League. Yes. Okay. I traded up. I, I traded up with uh, Scott Barrett to get Mahomes because I think in a dynasty league, in a true dynasty league, which this one is, again, where you can play two quarterbacks, twelve teams, thirty-three man rosters. Yeah, I think he should Mahomes be like one, the. One. Yeah, uh, I so I I thought he was the fourth pick, and I had the third pick. Uh, I I right. clearly did not I clearly did not realize that Ezekiel Elliott was not interested in playing football this year, though. <laughs> oh, right. this this running back situation is even rougher than I realized. We might have to do this trade. I might I might have to think about it. All right, look it over, my friend. Always a pleasure. Happy to come on anytime. Uh, but uh, uh, I uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on and. You know, I always enjoy uh, enjoy you on uh, on Twitter and your content. So uh, I'm a fan of yours as well, and uh, it's been great getting to know you over the last couple of years. Appreciate it, everyone. Please make sure to uh, to be listening to the 06010 Fantasy Football Podcast, the Fantasy Life app, RotoPass Daily, and uh, of course, if you if you interact with Matthew on Twitter, thank him for doing this show.